0: Good morning! Now that this is working, this is great, and welcome to those of you who are joining us online. I'm uh, sorry about the little technical difficulty there. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Graham. I'm the teaching pastor here at Ealing Chapel, and uh, we've been doing a series called The Meaning of Life, and today is part three, and I'm excited to continue with you today. I uh, hope we have something helpful and meaningful and something that'll move you forward in your life. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll get into it for today. Lord God, thank you for your presence. Lord, we need you. Every hour we need you. Open our minds, open our hearts today, God. Be with us. Shape us, mold us like clay in your hands, God. Make us into the people that you need us to be. Shine a light into our souls. Bring forth what you need to bring forth. Speak your words. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So we've been talking about the meaning of life, how that's found and what it means for each of us and our series is, at least a little bit, I mean, you won't have noticed this yet, but our series is structured around the shape of a human life. So we started with an introduction, because what else do you do? But last week we talked about meaning from worship and gratitude. And I gotta say, that's a big one, right? Like, the really important thing in life is God. If there's only one sermon that you want from this series, that's the one. And then two weeks ago, we talked about how meaning is found in that which lasts, right? And and God is the most important aspect of that, but that there is a little bit more. And it's really hard to find or feel meaningful about something that is here today and gone tomorrow, right? Or about something that you already know how it ends. But God lasts. People Last. In fact, we believe that people are going to last forever. The difference that we make in the lives of people will echo in eternity because those people will go on into eternity. God's purposes are eternal. God's person is eternal and what we do for God lasts in the same way. So last week, focus on God and worship and gratitude was really the big picture, of the meaning of life. And personally, jumping back to the idea of the shape of a life, I think that that's a lot like childhood. Because in childhood, we learn a lot about what is really foundational, what is really fundamental. We make those big things the central aspect of our lives. Childhood is all about family and relationships and dreams and hopes, none of that changes. Right? Those truths are just as true as we move into adulthood and middle age and seniority as they were when we first encountered them. But for many of us, the next thing that we encounter on the journey of meaning is almost the polar opposite. As we finish childhood and we begin to move into adulthood, we encounter a new world, the world of work. What was your first job do you remember? Call it out. What was your first job? Flyers. Waitress? Flyers? Paperboy? Paper boy? Same, yeah, flyers paperboy? Golden boy, the first job. Golden boy? Yeah, you sure. you stood up on top of the ledge? No, I was, I was in the force oh, cool. Okay. I heard another one from over here. Babysitting. Babysitting's an excellent first job. Anyone else? Sorry? Eaton's. Good one. Good one. My first job was also delivering flyers and that was awful. I tried to do the math once on what I was earning per hour and that was alarming. But it did allow me to buy my very first Nintendo 64. That'll date me if you know what that is. And I graduated from delivering flyers to working at McDonald's right as I was getting my driver's license. I think it would probably be more fair to call that my first job. I mean, that was a lot more of a real job than delivering flyers felt like. Anyone else? Did anyone else have their first job at McDonald's? Yeah, a couple. Hey, excellent. My wife's first job was at Tim Hortons. I'm surprised we got married at all. And from there, I went to working in a finance office, and I eventually ended up doing renovations and painting. And at some point along the way, I asked myself a question, is this it? Have you ever asked yourself that? Is this it? Working nine to five, tumble out of bed, stumble to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition, just in case anyone didn't catch that, I think it's best that I give credit to those words to one of the great hymn writers of our time, Dolly Parton. Yeah. Okay, last week, so we talked about meaning and purpose in life through worship and gratitude and in the big things of life, but today, we're going right down to earth, and we're going to talk about finding the meaning of life as it pertains to work and purpose. Well, I forgot one, sorry. Good one. So it's easy to be flippant when we start talking about finding purpose and meaning and significance in our work, right? It's easy to kind of, nah about that. Because it's all a bit trite, isn't it? It's all a bit played out in this day and age. The idea that work can be meaningful as opposed to just trying to get by while maybe being taken advantage of as little as possible, right? Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime, that's why... A crisp high five to anyone who can finish that saying. I'm especially fond of the imagined response to the common interview question, why do you want to work here? Oh, you know, I'm just really passionate about not starving to death. You know, I just love being able to pay my mortgage and put gas in my car. Right? Like, I've always found that kind of an odd question. But seriously, though, like, work is such a big portion of our lives. There are 168 hours in a week, 24 times 7. We say that it's a 40-hour work week, which is just under a quarter of your time. But realistically, you have to get ready. You have to drive to work. You have to drive home from work. And if you don't have a paid lunch, that's actually more time that you're spending at work or in work-related activity It's pretty easy to add all that up and suddenly be in the range of 50 or even 60 hours a week. Now, let's subtract the hours that you're asleep because it doesn't really feel fair to be counting those as off-work hours, right? Like, that's just, it's not like we're getting to live during that time. And suddenly, work is more than half of your time. And I think putting some thought or care into how we spend those hours and what we're doing with our lives is a worthwhile endeavor. And this is the point today that is hard for many of us to wrap our heads around. Yes, work is a worthwhile endeavor. There is meaning and purpose in work. Let's unpack that idea a bit and maybe I can even get you on board. Now I wanna give one more caveat before we go into this. Work can be defined very broadly. But for the sake of today, I want to take the most narrow definition. I want to talk about the going to work idea, the earning a paycheck idea. Because I want to be clear, being a stay-at-home parent is work and it is worthwhile. But it isn't what we're talking about today. And if you're sick and recovering, that is work and it is worthwhile But it's not what we're talking today. And honestly, because I think it's easier to connect the dots on why those other things are meaningful. It's easy, or at least easier, to see the meaning and purpose behind focusing on getting better and improving your mental health or your physical health. It's easy, or at least easier, to see meaning and purpose behind raising children. As opposed to showing up day in and out to... I don't know, drive a truck or paint a hallway or serve at at Eaton's, right? So let's talk about three reasons why work matters, why your work matters, and how you can find meaning and significance in it. First, we are made to work. Work isn't an afterthought of creation. Work isn't one of the outcomes of the fall of man into sin. We were made for this. Two weeks ago in our introduction, I I read a passage about Genesis chapter 1, and um, I wanted to reference that chapter again, or that section again. And the more I looked at the section that I'd already written, the more I thought, we just need to reread this. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 and 28, we read, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And in theology, this is referred to as the cultural mandate. This is God's original command to humanity. Before sin, before we were separated from God, this was the command. And I want you to notice how deeply unspiritual this command is. There's nothing here about sacrifice. There's nothing about prayer or praise. This command is build stuff, make stuff, create, get married, have babies and raise them, explore, see the world, cultivate it. So do you know why you feel a deep satisfaction when you lay plumbing or when you solve an accounting problem and when the house is in proper order or when your garden sprouts or when you see your children thriving? Because you were literally made for this. God made us to do stuff. God made us to live and living glorifies God. We bring him glory when we live well and when we live right. And in Solomon's reflection on life and his own quest for meaning, which we call the book of Ecclesiastes, he has this to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 12 to 13. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all of their toil. This is the gift of God. Living a good, simple, normal life is a good thing. It is a satisfying thing. We were made to do it, and it's gratifying. This is why we find meaning and purpose in our work. There's another quote that I'd like to share with you on this topic, and this does not come from a Christian source. This quote is from the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius, who wrote a work called The Meditations, and in it he wrote this. At dawn... When you have trouble getting out of bed, tell yourself, I have to go to work as a human being. What do I have to complain of if I'm going to do what I was born for, the things that I was brought into the world to do? Or is this what I was created for, to huddle under the blankets and stay warm? Were you made to huddle under the blankets and stay warm? It sounds great, but it's not why we're here. You weren't made for beach days and naps and bottomless pina coladas. Those things are all great. I'm not saying that we don't enjoy life, but that's not why we're here. You can't make a life out of watching TV. You can't find purpose in playing games and eating food. Enjoyment is good, but it is not the final say on meaning in life. So that's our first thing. Secondly, our work matters because it serves people. Remember how we said that meaning is found in what lasts and that what really lasts is two things, right? God and people. So how does your work serve people? And I'm not even talking about the opportunity to witness and share the gospel with the people that you interact with at work. I am talking about the work itself, now, I'm not saying that every job is obviously and meaning, uh, fabulously meaningful. I, I'm sure that there are some jobs that you would find really challenging to f- feel purposeful while doing. And there are other jobs that are purposeful, but that aren't the right match for the person that God made you to be. And so, no matter what, you won't find meaning in that job either. But for many jobs, we can see how we are making the lives of people better we can see that when we renovate a bathroom, we are making life better for the people who live there. When we counsel an addict, we can see that we are helping to move that person forward toward health and wholeness. When we grow food or transport food or cook food or serve food, we are helping to sustain people's very lives. Think about all of the ways in which your life is made better by those around you. This summer, I spent a lot of time thinking about a man named Darren who made my life a lot better. Do you know why? Because when we were in the middle of that heat wave in June, my air conditioner died. And Darren replaced it. My life is better because he provided a service. Because he went to work that day. Can you think of anyone from your life that you're really glad they went to work on the day that you showed up? Maybe it was a doctor who did a surgery or a vet who was really kind to your pet. Maybe it was a personal trainer who showed you something new and has made a huge difference in the way that you treat your body. Moms, excellent. Moms are the best. Maybe a cell phone salesman who made the process of getting a new piece of hardware just a lot more pain-free than it otherwise would have been. But what about you? How does your life and your work specifically impact those around you? Maybe, maybe you're in a job right now where you don't feel like you're making much of a difference. I've been there. But find the little things. Maybe you're in a job where the fruit is some future thing and that right now nothing is changing, but you hope that it will. I think about Thomas Edison and his work to invent the light bulb. They say he failed 10,000 times to make a light bulb. But look at our lives today. Our lives are a little bit different because he managed to make a light bulb work. Right, that, that was pretty, pretty big difference. Or maybe you're in a job where it feels like the fruit of your labor is a long time coming and you know that things are changing even if you can't see it, right? Honestly, that's what my job is like, right? I'm a pastor and I'm probably supposed to have the most meaningful, purposeful job, and I do. I love what I do. But most days, my job feels like slamming my face into a wall. That's what my job feels like most days. Right? Whether it's because I'm trying to pry another sermon out of heaven or I'm you know, navigating the feelings and opinions and politics of church or just trying to juggle a schedule, my work often feels like I don't do anything. But I show up on Sunday and on Sunday I know that I make a difference. I get to pray with people, I get to talk to people who are hurting, I get to share God's word and remind all of you of what's really important and what life is really about. So what about you? You might not be a pastor, probably not, but do you see the ways that your life gets to come alongside the hurting? Can you see the ways that your labor is making the world a more beautiful place? Can you see how your work serves people and makes a difference that could last forever? Lastly, I want to remind us that our work glorifies God. One of my favorite books of the Bible is Colossians, and it opens with this fantastic section in the first chapter where Paul is talking about how great Jesus is. And it starts with this. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 to 16, it says the Son, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. There's so much in this section that we could talk about, but what I want to highlight is this, that we are not so much made for a purpose as for a person, we are created by Jesus for Jesus. But not only us, everything was created by Jesus and for Jesus. Everything serves Jesus, or at least it's meant to. When you do what you were created to do, whatever context that happens to be in, Whether it's working, whether it's parenting, whether it's praising, when you do what you were created to do, you are serving and glorifying God. When you build a business, you are worshiping. When you teach a class, you are worshiping. When you make someone a coffee, you are worshiping. When you pour concrete, you are worshiping. When you stock shelves, you are worshiping when you design a building or direct a choir or read traffic updates on the radio, you are worshiping. I love how Paul puts this in Ephesians chapter 6, and I especially love it because he addresses this section to slaves. Whatever frustrations we may have about inflation and wages and the economy, we are not slaves. These people had it so much worse than we do But look at what Paul had to say to them. Ephesians 6, verses 5 to 8. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly, as if you were serving the Lord, not people, Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. When we work, we are working for God. We are glorifying God. And when we work, we get to serve people to make their lives better and have an eternal impact. When we work, we are doing what we were created to do. It is good to find satisfaction in a day's work to enjoy the fruit of our labor and to bring order to the world around us. I hope today helps you. I hope it helps you to find meaning in your life. I hope it inspires you to make a change somewhere if that's what you need to do. And I hope your Monday is different because of Sunday. I want to leave us with one final verse and I wonder if you would stand with me if we, if we could read this together. And I want, I want us to practice first because I don't just want us to read this the way that we so often do. This verse starts with whatever. And I want us to practice saying it. First, let's practice like a snarky teenager, because we'll just get that out of our systems. Whatever. Whatever. With the hands, please. Whatever. Whatever. Right? But that's not what this verse is saying. It's not whatever. It's whatever. Anything. No matter what. Whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for work. We thank you for the privilege of being alive. We pray that we could serve you. We pray that we could serve those around us and that we would see the meaning and purpose in all that you have called us to do. Be with us this week, God, as we go into our work, as we go into our lives, as we go into everything that you have. In your name we pray, amen.